Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Let's see if I can get back in the habit of doing this. I think... uh... After a few years of doing this, uh, I've now experienced everything of having... Uh, when, when, uh, when I was going to seminary, one of the hardest things for me was uh, we had a, a class that was a class I was looking forward to. It was a class called uh, the Preaching Lab. And up until that time in seminary, we had done... A bunch of study in the classroom, and we had done a lot of things uh, where we were uh, we were just sitting in a class. But for this particular class, we went into kind of like an auditorium-like place. They had a place uh, where you could stand and preach, and and this was kind of like uh, for me when the rubber met the road. You know, I was I was so glad to finally be in a class where I could actually apply some of the things that I've been learning for so long in seminary. And, and uh, I, I remember uh, the last thing that we had to do was, uh, now we had to preach several sermons throughout the, the year uh, while we were taking that class. And it was unusual for me to preach in front of uh, just a few people uh, at, at, uh, in the class that were, uh, we had to limit the number of people that were in the class because uh, we had to be able to listen to everybody preach. And so if you had too big of a class, you might get to only preach one time. So they wanted to make sure that you got to preach several times. And so the class was limited to a small number of students, which meant that you had, you preached to a small number of students. Well, for the final exam, you uh, had to preach a sermon, a full-length sermon, and uh, it was going to be videotaped. There's just something about a video camera on you that that changes everything when you are doing things. You might be so familiar with doing stuff, but all of a sudden when you put a camera in front of somebody and they know that they're being recorded, it it changes everything. The other thing that was so unusual was that the professor wasn't there, none of the students were there. The only thing that you had was the camera guy that went in there uh, and he was in a and he was in a, a control booth that was outside of the room. He was kind of uh, had like in theaters where there was a little hole for the camera uh, to uh, stick the lens through, and that was it. There was just a camera guy that said, "Okay, I'm turning it on," and you started, and that was it. I'd never preached before a room uh, full of empty chairs until this past week, uh, uh, last several weeks with this uh, coronavirus thing, uh, we finally uh, got around to the point where we were uh, doing stuff on podcasts and and, uh, uh, it was unusual to to preach sitting on my little outdoor couch uh, listening to the birds sing and everything. I'd done stuff out there before, but uh, never that. And it was very unusual. So uh, uh, I'm glad to be in front of you again and to have the opportunity to preach. Um, let's turn in your Bibles to Psalm 100 this morning. Psalm 100. And as you find your place in God's Word, let's say another word of prayer. Dear Gracious Father, we praise You for uh, the privilege of opening Your Word. And we praise You for uh, the Spirit of God 
that instructs us and leads us. And Father, I pray that You would uh, lead us in all wisdom and understanding of Your Holy Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, This morning I want you to think of someone... uh, Have you ever met somebody famous? Have you ever met somebody that was well-renowned, well-known? And think of what it would be like to to meet that person. Uh, You know, uh, famous people are just like us. They put their pants on one leg at a time. They uh, get up in the morning, their hair's out of of whack, just like everybody else's, unless they have no hair. Um, uh, their, uh, Their breath smells before they brush their teeth. They are likely to be grumpy in the morning, uh, just like we are if they're not a morning person. Uh, They have all the same issues that you and I do. And I'm not saying that from experience. I just know for a fact that that no matter how well-known you are, no matter how famous you are, you're still a person. You're still a human being. Now, you might have life a lot easier than a lot of other people. You might... Uh, have your life where you've got people that, that do things for you, that make your food for you, or uh, make arrangements for your schedule, or lay out your clothes, or something like that. But the reality is, is that all of them are the same as you and I are. But that doesn't cause us to be any less starstruck when we see them face to face. I think, uh, um, just think about the person that you... Uh, might always want to meet. Um, maybe it's a person that was in the movies. Maybe it's a TV personality, a, a TV a star. Maybe it's a, a musician or somebody that is well-known because of their musical talents or their abilities in something else. Maybe it's an athlete or uh, someone that's well-known because of the fact that they are Uh, extremely talented in another area. Um, All of those individuals, though, are still human beings. They're still people. And there was a time before they were well-known and there was a time before they were famous that they were even more like you and I than they are after they become famous. Now there's, of all the people that you can think of, One of the people that I really... uh, Just think for a moment about who you would want to meet. If you had the opportunity to meet anyone at all, if you had the opportunity uh, uh, years ago when Robin and I were uh, newlyweds, we took uh, uh, one of those tours to uh, one of those uh, timeshare things at the beach. We got tickets to see Rich Little. Now, I... A lot of you older folks know who Rich Little is. Some of you younger folks may have to scratch your head a little bit and wonder who that is. Uh, Rich Little was the Frank Caliendo of the older generation. He did impersonations of of all the big movie stars, and he did impersonations of a lot of presidents and and all kinds of different people and and. He, that was his thing. He was doing a uh, show in Myrtle Beach uh, back then and, and uh, for that period of time. And, and so we had the opportunity to go and see Rich Little. And, and 
the thing about him was is that after each show, he had a time where you could come by and you could get, meet him, get his autograph and, and all of that. And, and it was a thrill to get to meet him. Uh, if you've ever met someone like that, um, you realize right off that uh, they're not going to remember a thing about you. But you'll remember them. Uh, I remember... Uh, uh, some of you might be uh, fans of, of the Gaithers, uh, Bill Gaither and his music and all that. Uh, while we were living in West Virginia, I had the, the, the opportunity. Uh, they had uh, the Gaither vocal band come and sing at a, a, a opening of a store in that area. And uh, we had a new album had come out, and, and they were doing that to promote the album. And so I had an opportunity with about, it seemed like a million other people to go and meet uh, Bill Gaither. And uh, they did a, little, a small uh, concert of four or five of their songs. And uh, uh, then they signed autographs on their CDs. Um, of course, you had to buy the CD in order to take the autograph home. Uh, but uh, you had an opportunity to get their autograph. And, and so I got to meet all of them, Mark Lowry and and all the others in the Gaither Vocal Band. Uh, and so it was a thrill to get to meet them. But no matter how much of a thrill it was, sitting there watching them sign their name a hundred thousand times and, and looking up for just a brief second at each person, you realize how much they were just regular people. But there's going to come one day in which we meet someone we meet them face to face, it'll be so much greater joy. Psalm 100 talks about that. David is writing this psalm of praise. And read it with me if you will. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Why are we rejoicing? Because we get to someday meet the King. We get someday to come into His presence. He says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that, ye, uh, that the Lord is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are the, His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. What a wonderful promise to us. What a wonderful promise. that, that And it, it is an admonition as well. What a wonderful promise that we have of being able to come into the presence of God. Now, when uh, David is writing this, this is a time in which uh, the very presence of God is separated from the people by the Holy of Holies. The people of God get, uh, was, were able to see the presence of God generations before as God uh, led the people of Israel out of uh, Egypt into the Promised Land. They, they saw the Shekinah glory of God in the in the presence of God uh, in the pillar of cloud uh, by day and the, and the pillar of fire by night. And, and in case you've forgotten why it was a fire, and why wasn't it fire all the time? Why wasn't it a cloud all the time? Well, the cloud was, uh, uh, this very presence of God was, 
was a manifestation not only of God, but of His protection and His uh, uh, care for the people. The cloud by day was able to, to give shade and to give comfort to the people as they walked through the, the desert and as the scorching sun uh, fell upon uh, the land. The, over a million uh, of these former slaves that were coming out of Egypt were, were covered over by the very presence of God to protect them from the, the harsh sun of the, of the desert. And, and it would, would have gotten so hot and so uh, difficult, the people wouldn't have been able to move at all uh, during the day. And so God's presence hovered over them and protected them and kept them uh, from danger. In fact, if you'll recall and you'll remember, as they were coming out of Egypt, um, the, the, the army of Pharaoh, the, the, uh, the king of, of Egypt, came and, and was trying to come and, and take them back to, into slavery. And the presence of God was between them and the people of Israel as a protection. Okay, and so uh, this was God's way of protecting the people, and, and it was a pillar of fire by night. Why? So they could see where they were going, and, and also to, to keep them warm, uh, because in the wilderness, in the desert, it becomes very cold, and it was also a way of keeping predators away from the people. And so uh, uh, the very presence of God is a protection for us. And we need to remember uh, God's presence in our life is always more than just simply to give us uh, an opportunity to, uh, to be in His presence, but also uh, as a way of, of giving us everything that we need. And so the people of, of God uh, saw the very presence of God as He lit down on uh, the Holy of Holies where uh, the mercy seat was. But they were not able to go into the very presence of God. Only Moses was able uh, was afforded that opportunity to go and see uh, God uh, face to face when he went up on on Mount Sinai. Uh, but the people of God were were unable to get close to God. And David here is talking and and he's saying, uh, "Listen, we need to to realize that there's coming a day in which we'll not be uh, hampered by." Uh, the uh, the Holy of Holies will have an opportunity. And this is a way of a foreshadowing of the time in, in which uh, the people of God were able to come into the presence of God. And we're able to do that today. Why? Because uh, Jesus Christ paid the penalty of sin for us on the cross of Calvary. And He split the... And when Jesus died on the cross and that veil was rent in the temple... It wasn't just simply uh, a demonstration of God's grief because of the death of Jesus on the cross. Uh, I feel like it served a multitude of, of, of issues. One of the things was is that uh, when Jesus died on the cross, uh, it was God's way of, of demonstrating His remorse and grief over the fact that Jesus had the sin of the world upon Him. One of the traditions of the people of Israel was is whenever someone died, whenever someone went in the morning, what did they do? In the Old Testament, what does it say that they did? As a way of expressing their remorse, they would rent their clothes. And it was a, a way, of, it's kind of like how we, uh, we see uh, people in past generations wearing all black uh, for a period of time as they mourn the loss of a loved one, uh, someone in their family or a, a spouse. Uh, they'll wear black for a while. And it, it used to be uh, that they would go through a mourning period where for uh, several months they would wear nothing but black. 
Well, the rent uh, clothes of the people of Israel when they would go through this remorseful time, if if a child died or if if a spouse died, when when if the king died, something like that, they would tear their clothes as a sign of remorse. And God it demonstrated His remorse over the fact that He had to give His Son as a payment on the cross of Calvary for us. And that the sins of the world was placed upon uh, Jesus Christ. He rent the temple veil as a way of expressing His remorse over the fact that Jesus had died on the cross of Calvary. But I think it also was a way in which it allowed us to understand that we have free access to the Holy of Holies. We have free access to God Himself through Jesus Christ, the new high priest. And as a way of of bridging that gap, Jesus Christ, when He died for us, uh, bridged the gap between humanity and God Himself. And so David is is foreshadowing to this time in which uh, we get to see, uh, get to be in his presence. When we get to be in the presence of God, he says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, because we're going to someday be in the presence of God. And what a, and I pick this particularly because uh, we're rejoicing at the fact that we get to come together as a body of Christ after being separate for so long. But imagine what it'll be like when you get to see the face of God. You've never had the opportunity to see God face to face. You've never had the opportunity to see the face of Jesus Christ. And we'll be able to to come into the presence of God and one day finally see Him face to face. He says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before His presence with singing. Imagine having the opportunity to come before the presence of God and to be able to to see Him face to face. I think one of the greatest things that will happen is is that you'll be so uh, overwhelmed with joy, so overwhelmed with thanksgiving, so overwhelmed with joy, with the presence of God, that you'll be able, you 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 won't help but be able to. Uh, you won't be able to contain yourself, and you'll and you'll just express such great joy. And David says, uh, when you come before the presence of God, come before Him with singing, come before Him with praise in your voice, come before Him with singing. He says, Know ye that the Lord is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. We have to remember who God is. And David is trying to remind us that this is not just simply coming before an almighty and all-powerful God that, that is able to strike us down. This is the almighty and powerful God who created us. This is not coming into the presence of like a king uh, and we're coming together and, and coming into His presence in a, in a manner in which we are fearful for our life because we're going to be struck down. David says you're coming into His presence with praise and with gladness because He is the Creator. He is the, the One who has, has made us. This, like, this is like coming and running into the arms of, of your daddy when he comes home from work. You haven't seen him in, in ages. 
Maybe he's come home from a business trip and you finally get to come and, and wrap your arms around his neck and give him a big hug and kiss. And this is He's saying, come before the presence of God with singing and praise because you're coming into the arms of God. He's our Creator. He is the, uh, the shepherd and we're His sheep. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Now, there's two symbols here. Gates and courts. The gates is a symbol of, of the pasture. Now remember, uh, uh, he says that we are the people, uh, the, the sheep of His pasture. He is our shepherd. Now one of the places in which uh, the sheep felt the most at rest, the most at, at peace was when they were in the sheepfold. And the sheepfold was was an enclosure that the sheep would go into at night and they would uh, rest because of the fact that they were all jam-backed in there together and they knew that there was safety because they were surrounded around by this uh, sheep gate. And they knew that they were safe because the shepherd was across the door and would not let anyone in that was not a part of the sheepfold was not a shepherd. He would not let any of the sheep wander out. David says we need to rejoice because he is in, uh, we're allowed to enter into His gates with thanksgiving. We're praising God because of the fact that He has kept us safe. We're praising God because He has, kept us safe, uh, he has given us that security. We're entering into His gates with thanksgiving because He is our comfort. He is the one that allows us to have uh, a security of His presence. But it says also we're entering into His courts with praise. This is reminding us that we're not just talking about uh, coming before God <coughs> as sheep, but we're entering into the, the, the courts of the King. We're coming into His courts with praise. Not because He is a, a di- dictatorial uh, uh, king that is going to, to cause us to do great labor and, and to, be, to suffer, but because He is the conquering king who's coming in to give us rest. He is the one who's coming in to bring justice into the land. We're coming in with praise because He is uh, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so we're praising His name and blessing His name. He says in verse 5, For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. There's three phrases there. There's three aspects of why we we praise God and why we know of His blessings. He says, first of all, the Lord is good. God is good, isn't He? Amen? Amen. God is good. God... uh, God is so wonderful and so good to us. He's better than we deserve. Better than we ever realize. Can you imagine? Now, now, whenever we go into the hospital, I know uh, not a lot of us have been into the hospitals lately because of the fact that uh, of... Uh, uh, the, this COVID thing and everything, but remember back when you would go and visit someone at the hospital, they would have these monitors that would monitor uh, 
the breathing, they would monitor the pulse rate, they'd monitor the heartbeat, they'd monitor the amount of oxygen, and, and that's just all the things that we know about. Imagine all the millions of things that, that have to happen in our body for us to have life. Let me just point out one thing that might blow your mind. You know that dust that's in your house? All of that is what? Skin cells, right? Skin cells. All those skin cells are dead skin cells that have shucked off of our body. And uh, we're kind of like lizards or, or snakes. We, we get rid of our skin on the outside. Um, can you imagine what would happen if, if replacement skin cells weren't created underneath those dead skin cells? Within a very short period of time, we wouldn't have any skin left. I bet you didn't think about that, did you? Or, or you know, I've got this irritating thing that happened uh, as I got to a certain age. I never realized when I was little, looking at my daddy and thinking about all the, the hairs up his nose that I could all of a sudden see and all the hairs in his ears and everything that one day I'd start having those things in my ears and poking out of my nose. And we, we do our best to trim up and make ourselves look pretty and everything. But those, those hairs have a purpose. There's a reason for those hairs to be there. You have to have those hairs in your ear, in your inner ear, for you to be able to hear. And you have to have them in your nose to keep you from having impurities going into your lungs. Ooh, that's gross. Don't talk about that stuff. That's just part of your body. And it's a part of our, your body that you think of and in terms of annoyance when you have to trim them in your ear and trim them up your nose and all that kind of stuff. But, and, and believe me, young people, you'll get to that age. You'll get to that age where you have to worry about it too uh, if you don't already. But uh, those little things are things we never even think about until they become an annoyance. But they're essential for our life. It's essential. Ladies, you got those eyelashes you love to make black and long and all that kind of thing. Those keep out impurities out of your eyes. They're not just to, to bat at us men and cause us to, to skip a, a heartbeat when we see you. They're important essential. All of us have them. And all of those things are little things that are such blessings to us because God is good. God is so good. And all those millions of things that have to happen to keep us alive, God does on a moment-by-moment basis. You don't have to think about them. You don't have to pray that God will continue to do them. You don't have to say, God, uh, please let the hair stay in my ears even though I'm trimming them today so I can hear. You don't do that. We need to be mindful of the fact that we take for granted a lot of those things. We need to praise God for them. He says, God is good. Second thing that we need to remember why we praise is he says, For his mercy is everlasting. The mercy of God doesn't have conditions. That's why it's mercy. 
His mercy is overflowing in our life. God doesn't come to us one day and He says, you know, I've been forgiving you all this time for all these different things and you know, I, I just don't think you appreciate it anymore. I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. No, God doesn't do that. His mercy is everlasting. God doesn't say, you know, you, uh, and listen, uh, for those who are without Christ in their life, God doesn't come to you and, and, and say, you, you know, you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life? And then they say, no, not now. God doesn't say, okay, well, I gave you the opportunity. I'm sorry. He gives us opportunity after opportunity. And He gives us forgiveness over and over and over again. God's mercy is everlasting. Now, that doesn't mean that we take for granted His mercy, and it's not that we abuse His mercy. Uh, Paul talks about grace in the same way. Uh, He says we don't... We've got grace because we sin, but we don't sin even more so His grace will abound even more. No. And we don't do that because of His mercy either. We don't don't simply say, well, God has given me mercy and God will continue to give me mercy. No, that's a lack of showing our love for God. But His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures for all generations. The reason that we know that we can call upon God and we can look to God for His love and for His grace is because His truth and His Word is everlasting. It's, it's, not, it's not like a contract that is binding for a certain period of time and then all of a sudden it expires or, or we've done something that negates the contract. God's truth endures for all generations. God's truth and His Word is true today as it was a thousand years ago, as it was two thousand years ago. It will be in a thousand years if He tarries, or two thousand years if He chooses not to come. God's truth endures for all generations. We need to praise God for that. That's, That's beyond anything else a greater reason to praise God than anything else. God's love, His truth, the truth of His mercy and His grace endures for all generations. And so I want to ask you today, one day when you have the opportunity, all of us are going to have the uh, the chance and the, and the opportunity to meet God. Are we going to meet God as a loving Father? where we run into His presence, <coughs> where we are so thrilled to, to see Him because He is our Savior and Lord? Or are we going to come up to Him sheepishly, like a child that's been caught and doing something wrong because we know we don't have Jesus Christ in our life? Today you can make that difference. Today you can make that change in your life where you can come into His presence with singing and and joy within your heart because you finally have the opportunity to meet the One who is greater than all of our expectations. The One who exceeds our understanding beyond anything that we can comprehend. We'll one day have the opportunity to stand before the Creator of all that is. We won't simply...
come before Him as a loyal subject that's been subdued. But we'll come before Him as a child of God. Do you want to do that today? Do you want to accept Jesus into your heart and life? Accept Him and become a child of the living King. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that You would allow us, Father, to realize that if we have Jesus Christ in our life, that we come before the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Creator of all that is, as a child of the King. Lord, help us to rejoice in that more than anything else. Help us to rejoice in that privilege that we have as a child of God. Lord, if there's someone here today that needs You as Lord and Savior in their life, Lord, if there's someone that might listen to this that needs Jesus Christ in their life, we pray that they would come to know Him as Savior, as Abba Father today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.